fade in. You're listening to Let's Bogart. Please welcome your host, Daniel Williston. It's me, it's just me. Hey, buds, you're listening to the Let's Bogart. It's the podcast where we rate hits by fading out before we fade in. So whether you're here for the plot or the pot, we'll roll camera and roll joints and curate a pairing experience both celluloid and cannabinoid in nature. Oh, buds, I loved getting to do this episode. This episode is, uh, I think, the first movie that I haven't seen before. Like, I watched specifically for the first time uh, for this uh, uh, for the podcast, and it was uh, so much fun. I got to uh, watch a movie I'd never seen before. I got to have a great conversation about it with uh, with uh, uh, my guest today, and uh, we got to smoke a, a cool new cultivar. Uh, I'll tell you, we 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 took a uh, took a stab at smoking Msigu's Peggy's Pride, which is a sativa that is grown in Halifax that comes in uh, 19, between 19 and 24 percent THC. Very, very high THC yields for all of them, Sigu's products. This is a product that I love to sell people. I think that uh, it, it speaks for itself. It's a really high-quality thing. And uh, I've, I, though I've smoked their Nova Glue and their White Wedding, I hadn't yet tried Peggy's Pride, and I really enjoyed it. So I'm glad uh, uh, not to get ahead of myself and give away any spoilers. But, I mean, you know, the worst weed that you ever smoke, is it still a bad Is it really a bad time? Or, you know... Is it a good time? <laughs> I like cannabis. All right. So we we uh, uh, smoked uh, Peggy's Pride and we watched Enter the Dragon, which is an action crime martial arts movie that was released in August 19th, 1973. It's rated PG-13 in America and 14A in Canada. And it runs an hour and 42 minutes. Uh, you can get it on your Stars subscription through Amazon. Uh, you can also rent it on YouTube. Um, but uh, honestly, the best way to see it is if you can find the Criterion Collection version on Blu-ray. Oh, it looks gorgeous! I took a watch of that, and it uh, it really looked uh, it really looked cool. But as my guest said, uh, there is something to the nostalgia of watching something uh, a tape that has been worn out. Uh, by uh, uh, being watched more than once. So, uh, speaking of, I can't I can't keep the name a secret anymore. So I'm just going to throw to Daniel, who can tell us about uh, who we're speaking to today. Originally from North York, Ontario, this Hamiltonian is an actor and playwright. He trained at McGill University, the National Theatre School of Canada, and the Canadian Film Centre. His acting career has seen him on many stages, including the Shaw Festival and Stratford Festival, and on your television screens in shows like Transplant, Workin' Moms, Private Eyes, Frankie Drake Mysteries, Killjoys, and many more, including Copper, my first TV gig. <laughs> he has written for television, working on Lost and Found Music Studios and The Next Step with Temple Street Productions, who produced Orphan Black and Gilljoys. As a playwright, he has been nominated for Dora Maver Moore Awards for his one-man multimedia show Richard II and won the award for The Mill, his four-part 
horror story for the stage. That sounds awesome. <laughs> the show he wrote with Bruce Dow, Bitch Island the Musical, became the smash hit of the Hamilton Fringe Festival, winning Best of Fringe, Critics' Choice, Audience Choice, and Best of Venue Awards. So I'm so excited to have him on the podcast. Please welcome Matthew McFadzian. Hey, how are you, Daniel? I'm so good, man. Thanks <laughs> that, for coming on the show. Man, it's a pleasure. That was one heck of an intimidating introduction. I did not know you were going to do that. <laughs> It's not intimidating. It's it's awesome. I'm just uh, letting everybody know some of the people who are going to be tuning in. Uh, I, I I feel like I'm reaching both the the performing arts people who are at sort of my circle and also the cannabis circles that For I'm sure. doing. So I like giving sure. people an idea of what uh, what the people have done without having to do some research themselves. Very cool. Well, I'm. A- Excited to be here. Well, thanks for coming on. We want to know, uh, uh, the first question we ask everybody is, what was your first experience with cannabis like? Oh, wow. Um, I think it was bad, to be honest. It was bad? But, yeah. Like, yeah. I think I tried it a little too young. Uh-huh. Um, and and I had a bad high. And and I think I ju- it just... Um, scared me to be honest with you um and and i think i noticed like the kids my age that were smoking pot were like they were the bad kids at least (laughs) at least in my mind you know i think i think i was i am now the bad kids you know (laughs) but uh, i think back then i I think the whole thing was uh was not a positive uh, world for me yet so yeah yeah I, i i laid off it for a number of years how long? What, what, what was the next uh, uh, time that you decided to try it? Well, I, you know, I tried it throughout my teens off and on, but, you know, I sure. didn't like the bad trips until uh, and then. Then once I was in my 20s and I'm mm-hmm. uh, living in Montreal, um, it really started <laughs> just became part of my lifestyle. Suddenly, <laughs> I blame the X-Files largely. Um, <laughs> There was there were three of us that would get together every Friday night to watch the new episode and just get baked out of oh, our minds amazing. and uh, order like five orders of poutine and <laughs> and just go nerdcore on the X Files for an hour and then we'd head out to the bars and all the rest. So it, it took on a whole new life in my twenties. I think that's amazing. Do you have a uh, a favorite experience with cannabis? Oh, that's a good question. No, I couldn't really pinpoint one uh, specific moment that was, you know, the one. The one. Um, I think it's just become a kind of reliable, you know, friend part of my life thing, sure. you know. Um, so, I, I, you know, yeah, the whole thing is just positive now. I think. Yeah. What, uh, uh, what was the, um, was it a... Uh, Moving from the uh, because uh, it, the legalization of cannabis has only yeah. been around for a, a couple of years. Have you uh, did you find that you had a smooth transition from moving from the the gray market into the the legal market? What do you mean smooth? Like why would um, it be bumpy? Uh, I guess uh, a lot of people I, I find in the store coming in from the illicit market don't yeah. have. Um, the uh, the stuff that they get from the illicit market hasn't been explained to them in a, in a way you know like they're yeah. they're coming in they're like I don't know I I, I smoked this and it was great yeah. you know the, their understanding of what they're looking for uh, is is 
is limited. Yeah. Well, I don't, yeah, you know, for me, it was totally smooth. And I, I found yeah. all the, you know, all the website information, certainly the folks that work at the, the, the stores and the, you know, the little write-ups beneath each strain. I find sure. them very helpful. You know, I know which table to go to. And mm-hmm. I start, I, I know which person to ask now, you know. <laughs> That's fair. What yeah, are yeah, you yeah. liking now, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, because then you sort of recognize your person. All that said, I, I still also go through a person outside of this new system for know? sure because yeah. i can often get better stuff I yeah think, you know a lot with especially with the uh, uh like the the flower is getting slightly better but the uh because the edibles and, mm. and drinks and oils mm-hmm. and stuff are still so new to the canadian legal market and the caps on uh, dosage are so stringent. Yeah, uh, it's I, I know a lot of people who are sort of waiting for some of those rules to get laxed so that they can get an edible that actually does something when they. Well, take that's it home. the thing. Like you know, I've been toying around with edibles here and there, and then mm-hmm. you're like, "Well, where's the? Was yummy, you know? Yeah, it, it <laughs> yeah. tasted good, but sure. I could have just you know gotten a candy at the store or something." Yeah. Other than, with yeah. 10 milligrams of, uh, of stuff is not yeah. necessarily for yeah. people who have been buying, you know, thousand milligram chocolate bars when they go to <laughs> the cafe or something. It's hardly yeah. a drop in the bucket. I've really liked, I've really liked the new, the new system, the way things are working. I think it's great. It's convenient. It's just, and I, I think more than anything, I like how it normalizes it for society at large, you know? So yeah. I'll, I'll take whatever bumps in the road come my way. Cause I'm just happy it's there and that people, you, you know, don't you don't have to hide behind a building to have it smoke a joint for God's sake. Yeah, yeah, I I've been finding that too. The uh, uh, because Super at uh, the, where I work is um, is trying to to look like the branding of it is trying to look very different than what head shops normally look like. It's trying right, to be right. bright and and yeah. uh, uh, look like a, a shop that you would go to get your, you know, your groceries or your soy sauce or your lettuce or whatever. And this, yeah. this is just another thing that you're picking up and it's bringing in a different clientele who doesn't have experience with it. Totally. I mean, you know, I've been to, if you, you know, you could lead somebody into some of these shops and tell mm-hmm. them it was the Mac store and they'd believe you before Absolutely. they knew what they were selling there. You know, definitely the, the, the people, the, the people talk to you like you're going to buy a computer, you know, <laughs> they're, they're super polite. They, they're very interested in the yeah. science of it and everything. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool stuff. So, uh, for our project today, yeah. we got, we smoked, uh, Msigu's Peggy's Pride, mm-hmm. which, uh, I hadn't tried before. I had tried their Nova glue. Um, and I pushed their stuff all the time when I'm in the store because it, it comes in with such high THC percentages, Yeah, all of the stuff across the board. Huh. It's really gorgeous. Right on. D- uh, it was a suggestion from you. So ha- had you been smoking it uh, previous? Is it a yeah, favorite I, of yours? I, well, I, you know, I tend to, I, 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 the whole thing's a salad bar to me. I try yeah. everything sort of once, you sure. know, but it, recently the Peggy's Pride was one that it was just fantastic. It was just a very intense, very euphoric yeah. uh, thing that was very handleable. You Definitely. Know? Um, and, uh, you know, as a sativa guy, it was a very creative one which is yeah. what i like out of it you know I, like watching a movie with that was just i couldn't stop 
writing and then pausing the movie to IMDb <laughs> yeah. something, yeah. you know, as like, oh, this is amazing. This is the best. Yeah. And um, so I like that. That intensity is kind of fun. Um, you know, so I had tried it once. And then okay. when, uh, when you mentioned a number that we could look at, I was like, oh, that mm-hmm. might, that, that's a pretty good one. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, what do you know about uh, Msigu as a, uh, an LP? Nothing. Okay. Uh, I've got some stuff that I can tell you then. All right. Mzigu is a producer that is majority owned by First Nations partners uh, and is based out of Nova Scotia. Uh, the the name Mzigu in Micmac means grass. So okay. it's kind of a cheeky like uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, name for to name your thing. Huh. Uh, Peggy's Pride is uh, a sativa. Uh, they have four strains, Nova Glue, Peggy's Pride, um, Oh, what were the other two that are really good? They uh, they've got a range of uh, uh, both sativas, hybrids, and uh, uh, indicas that are all very fantastic. But um, Peggy's Pride boasts between nineteen to twenty four percent THC range, mm-hmm. but I've never seen one that dips below twenty percent. Wow! Like they're really they're really heavy hitters. Yeah, cool. It's got an uh, indoor grow in Halifax. They're hang dried and hang cured. Um, they're a cross of cookies, but they're really secretive about what the the actual genetic makeup of of their product is. They like often other places will just be like, "Well, it comes from like uh, this Afghani Kush, and this uh, it's a cross between these two strains." They say it's cookies and some other stuff. Okay. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> you know a lot about this stuff. I, I, I like learning about it. I, I, it's giving me an up doing this show is giving me an opportunity to like, just do some deep dives on yeah. ones. Cause we've got a lot of products in the store and I, I know a little bit about all of them, but yeah. to know a lot about one is uh, uh, time consuming. So totally. Uh, hey, as a, as a guy that works in a store, yeah. You know, do you have customers that whose uh, opinions you, you know, listen to more than others? Yes. Okay. Yes. There yeah. are definitely people who, who really know what they're talking about. And there's ones that I've found whose, tastes line up with mine because that's the big thing for me is finding because there's people who are like well i i'm this kind of a heavy hitter and so this is the only thing that works for me and i'm like i've smoked that before and it does nothing for me yeah yeah, just weird eh? it's a weird thing because everyone's endocannabinoid system is completely different their the reaction to each of these strains is going to be completely different did you ever try uh jack hayes yeah, I I like Jack Herrer better. Hayes's I I'm okay with, but mm-hmm. don't Hayes can end up in a headache for me sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, just what you were saying. You know, that was the one at the at the places that I go to that they were like, "This is the best thing." There, they says, and for months and months. And that, yeah, I tried it a couple times, and I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I just don't get it. You know, I thought. Something's wrong with me or something. I don't know. No, no. Jack, if you ever if you ever find a, a true Jack Herrer, mm. uh, it's it, that one I I really dig for creativity and for doing stuff and for cool. uh, uh, getting your hands dirty. It's yeah. it's a great one. But yeah, Hayes's I, I, I've been finding I move away from. And some people swear by them. It, it okay. really works for some people. But yeah, yeah mine is uh, not so much. Okay. Yeah, me neither. Um. 
I I really liked the smell of Peggy's Pride. It it's got a great scent to it. What is it? Like I knew we were going to be talking about you know smell and taste. And, sure. And that, again, that's another part of it that like I notice, but I uh-huh. don't look for. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and I but I did notice like just what you said. The smell of it is is great. It's really yeah. pot, pungent. You know, not yes. potty pungent, kind of spicy pungent. Or, yeah, yeah. You know? It's got some uh, the terpene profile in it. It's got some uh, uh, caryophylline and limonene. What and the hell language little? are you talking? <laughs> what the, what it, sentence was that just now? Are you so there's serious? different. So yeah, yeah. So there's terpenes <laughs> in the in every plant. So yes. the, these terpenes you can find in the genetic makeup of like trees and and whatever else. So each of these terpenes gives not only uh, um, a different smell and a different taste uh, and a different uh, uh, I, I don't know if it changes the look of it at all but it it reacts with your endocannabinoid system so there's a lot of people who come in and are just like listen highest THC count highest yeah. THC percentage yeah. just give me that yeah. and that often will give you the best high because obviously THC is what you're going in for mm-hmm. but each of these terpenes reacts with your endocannabinoid system in a different way as well right so uh sometimes like people People start searching for terpenes that they like in one strain in uh, other strains because they're like, I, linalool uh, uh, is is the terpene that's found in lavender and that okay. is present in this. It's one of like how the seven or eight terpenes that are present in the in the strain. How do you uh, know? How do you like? How do you know what's in what? In terms of terpenes, like that's not on uh, our handy sexy. No, no, story. it's too it's too complicated to to try to uh, uh, put onto the packaging. Yeah, uh, but lots of the lots of the uh, LPs. If you go onto their website, yeah, they all have it listed for each of the the things. There's also like Leafly.com, which is yeah, sometimes right. good, I, and sometimes I think bad. I've been there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's 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 you do have to do some digging and research because not uh, there's not one place that sort of is the the IMDb of pot gotcha. in Canada right now. Yeah, one place doesn't have all of the information, so I had to do a little bit of digging. I've got like Reddit threads that I go on, and, wow. and yeah, some apps and Lift and Co has an app that's pretty good. Strain Print. But are you saying um, then that the terpenes thing is kind of the key to finding strains that? work for you if you can you know yes if you okay. like if, if you start looking into what am i reacting to uh, and start uh, uh picking out the patterns to cool. what you're reacting to well if you really like peggy's pride and you go oh. down you go okay well it's got uh some mercine in it but a lot of them have mercine in it so what are the ones that Hmm. Uh, what are the terpenes that are more rare yeah. that's found in that? And the yeah. one that uh, in this one is humulene. Humulene. Yeah. And that one is not as often present in in strains. So okay. that's a more rare one. So I go, oh, okay. If I liked Peggy's Pride and it's got all these other terpenes that are in a bunch of other ones that I've tried and not liked, but yeah. humulene is in this one. Then I start going, okay, what strains are strong in humulene? Gotcha. That's really yeah. cool to know. I'm going to do that from now on. I learned yeah. something today. No, that's Absolutely. Great. And then it's just about, yeah, at, at, like smelling the, the uh, having conscious smokes while you're doing it. You, mm-hmm. you start like uh, uh, opening up the packages and sticking your nose right in and going, okay, what am I getting from that? See, Keeping I, a, 
Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I thought we were just getting high and watching a movie, Daniel. <laughs> I, I'm being educated here today. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's my hope is that, uh, you know, people are coming on here and maybe some people are only coming for the, the movie stuff and they're they're picking up a little bit of uh, uh, cannabis knowledge. Some people are only coming for the cannabis stuff and they're going to find out some movies that they should probably check out. I, totally. I think it's an all around uh, a good thing. It's a hot idea. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you mentioned that there was a, a spicy flavor. Yeah, um, something I think that's, like that. Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely some uh, 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 carry and the myrcene in it, which is like a the earthy kind of like uh, dirt kind of thing. You find it in uh, uh, cinnamon as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I just wrote that uh, at the effects it gave me were yeah euphoric. It gave me some scramble eyes. It was giggly and relaxed, which yeah. I like in a sativa because I don't yeah. like to get anxious. No, I, and is that is that what how it gets you sometimes? Like the, sometimes the, I, yeah. I I kind of go back and forth. I I'm not a like only sativa only indica. I don't gotcha. like falling asleep and I don't like feeling anxious. So yeah, as long as it's not giving me either of those two, I, I I'm good to go. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Peggy's pride. So like okay, it. we're. We're coming. I did too. We're coming to the end of our first segment, which means that we are going to play our first game. Are you ready, Matthew? <laughs> yes, I am. Daniel. Excellent. Let's do All this. right. <laughs> so this is a game called In It to Minute. In It to Minute. This is a game where you, having seen Enter the Dragon, have Mm -hmm. 60 seconds to describe the action that takes place. So we're looking for a beginning, a middle, and an end, but you only have 60 seconds to do it. Okay. Ready? Uh, Yes. All right. 60 seconds on the clock, and in it to minute, go! In it to minute. So, it starts with a fight. You know it's going to be good. We get the bearded old guy that probably set the stereotype for all bearded old guys. We've got chuckling monks and Bruce Lee is kicking butt. This is the coolest movie ever, right? (laughs) Suddenly he goes into the bushes where he meets this British guy. It's this weird hard cut to him in the bushes with a British guy. I think they're going to make love. Instead, Bruce Lee accepts this brave call to action. It's like the coolest Bond opening that never happened. We start to meet some of the other baddies. There's this Afro dude who, like, the guy, the guy beats up cops and steals their cars. That's how bad he is. There's a 15 guy seconds. Oh, my God. So they go to an island. There's a bunch of guys there. There's a really bad guy with a hairy arm claw. He has to kill them all. There's boobs at one point. That's a waste of time. Uh, and he succeeds. He does the mission. 60 seconds done. Oh, my God, <laughs> That was the best one yet. You had a soundtrack and everything. I tell you, when when that soundtrack started and like the pot was hitting, I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. (laughs) It absolutely is. Ever. It's this like 70s badass, <laughs> funky thing that I just was not expecting. I really wasn't. I wasn't either. Yeah. Well, uh, don't go anywhere. We're okay. going to be right back with Matthew McFadzie, and we're going to find out what happened in Enter the Dragon and what we thought of it right here on Let's Bogart. Don't go anywhere. Hey, buds. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, we're just going to interrupt the show for a quick second to tell you a little bit about a cause that we here at Let's Bogart think is worth paying attention to. 
Keeping Six Hamilton Harm Reduction Action League is a community-based organization that defends the rights, dignity, and humanity of people who use drugs. It was formed in response to the ravages of the opioid crisis and out of recognition of the need for an organized voice for people with lived and living experience of substance abuse at the many stakeholder tables, attempting to manage and overcome the drug, drug epidemic in the city of Hamilton. Their membership is primarily people with lived experience of drug use and is supported by those who love and care for them. Uh, there's a big problem right now with uh, 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 the stigmas around uh, people who use drugs and people who uh, may not have uh, the living requirements that everybody deserves. So uh, in Hamilton right now, if you are in Hamilton or you want to help out the community of Hamilton, you can go to keepingsix.org. That's keepingsix.org to find out more about them. You can find places where you can donate, places where you can volunteer uh, and help out the people in the community who uh, may not have it as good as us so if you uh if you can afford to please consider donating if you have some time on your hands but no cash maybe you can volunteer and uh just bring some awareness you can also follow them at on twitter at keeping six and uh, find out about uh, community initiatives that they will be starting in the future so uh, uh go give them a visit and find out what you can do to help the community of hamilton so thanks so much for tuning in and now back to the conversation Amazing. So, Enter the Dragon. <laughs> so good. So good. So I had, good. I had somehow never seen this movie, but as I was watching it, I realized how much of the movie I've seen in pop culture. Absolutely. I did Everybody's too. Everybody's done this, hey? Everybody's done this. And, you know, and I, I, I couldn't believe I hadn't seen this either. Like, really couldn't believe it because, you know, I think like you, like, I love all the lineage of yeah. th- these films, you know, like Kung Fu movies, but oh. certainly Tarantino's everywhere, you know, sure. Big Trouble yeah. in Little China, all those uh-huh. like really good ones all come from this, you know, Yeah, like, uh, yeah, it's just amazing. Oh man. It's like a, it's like a, a yeah. You, you, you mentioned the music. I love the music puts, it gets you in the it, like it's a black exploitation film right off the top. Totally, he's got the wah guitar and the <laughs> so I'm like, oh, this is so cool. This uh, is not at uh, all what I thought it was going to be. No, it was funky. It's so yeah. 70s, man. Like just every drop of it was from the 70s. It's just so yeah. Good. And they it, so it moves from that, and then it goes real orchestral, like and real like spy movie. James Bond obviously is totally. like the big thing that they're they're ripping off. Uh, I what I have something here about yeah. The composer is an Argentinian named Lalo Schifrin. Okay, um, and he. Yeah, he took the the music from black exploitation, James Bond films, and then took some uh, uh, sounds and instruments from China, Japan, and Korea, mm-hmm. mashed it all together. And this is the first time the world had heard all these different sounds together. So the soundtrack itself uh, it sold five hundred thousand copies and Holy. got gold status. Wow, isn't wow. that cool? Yeah. That's crazy. Like I, you know, like I saw the number. I, I'm not going to be able to recall it now, but the like the number of uh, like millions of dollars this movie made. Yeah, you know, like it was a huge film. 
You know, huge, huge, huge. Yeah, it had a budget of eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and it made ninety million dollars worldwide. Crazy! <laughs> it's the, I mean, it's, it's worth it, but like yeah. that's that's a that's crazy. Holy cow! It was the the biggest. Apparently, they spent more money than they had ever spent on a marketing campaign for it too, huh. because Warner Brothers had had come in. They had seen okay, Bruce Lee's going to be this huge star, so we've got to back his next movie. So that's where this movie sort of came from. Mm-hmm. Um, they put eight hundred fifty thousand into the filming of it, but then they spend a million dollars, which was unheard of at that time to uh, uh, put uh, ads in magazines and do interviews on TV with the stars. And they even offered people free karate classes. Huh? Good idea. So yeah, it's a fantastic idea. So people get like the basics of that and then get to see and watch Bruce Lee do his thing. Like that's awesome. That is amazing. Cause you know, like that big shot where they're panic, where, should I jump into like? Can I yeah, jump? yeah, yeah. Okay. There's that big shot when he arrives at the island, you know, and yeah. it kind of pan, that slow pan across what looks like hundreds and hundreds of guys fighting, you know. Yeah. But you notice a lot of them really aren't any good. <laughs> <laughs> they just got anybody to like do yeah. this, you know, for the shot. So I, I wonder if some of those lucky karate people, you know, found their way into a into that big shot. <laughs> Apparently, a, a bunch of the extras that they had, Bruce Lee, because he was like the the greatest fighter of his in his you know lifetime. Mm. Um, he would have extras and people coming onto the set who just wanted to fight him, huh. and he would have to like between setups go and have have a fight and like best somebody just to so Why? that they had the on uh, so that they had the honor of of fighting Bruce Lee. Oh, that's, so that's very generous of him then. Very, very. Because yeah. that person would have a story then for, you know. Are you how, kidding? Yeah, I got yeah. my ass kicked by Bruce Lee. What? A, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, and he would fight them and he would also teach them. Like he was he was ever the teacher. He was ready to, like the character that he plays in the, in the thing, I think is very close to what he must have been like as a dude. Because, you know, getting I think to, to. I think you're totally right. You know, yeah. like. I, I, at one point, I was just like amazed. Like the guy listens so well; he's such a, a great listening actor. But then you're like, yeah. that comes from his martial arts skill. You know, yeah. that's him. That's just him. He's just this intense guy. You know, yeah. who who's just studying all the time. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's just fascinating for a guy who's so fast. He he spends so much time in stillness mm-hmm. and like he'll he'll hit a guy and then he'll take him down and then he'll hold that pose and just like water sort of fluidly come back to a <laughs> yeah. and i'm like yeah like that's what that's sort of what you you want to do as an actor right you want to you want to you want to hit and then you want to allow the the person to affect you to, yeah, yeah. to decide how you're going to move, not based on what you want to do, but based on what your opponent is doing. That's totally it. That's totally it. That fighting without fighting that he says, you know? That's so cool. Like, wow, yeah. That's, it's about the other person for sure. Which is great. That's what every, what every actor should do. That's right. You know? F- fighting without fighting. Yeah. Apparently that came from, I, I've got that here too. There's a uh, an anecdote about a samurai named... Oh, and I'm going to butcher this so bad, but uh, Tsukahara Bokudin. And he was the inspiration for fighting without fighting because he, um, there was apparently a story about him that he uh, was the, the, this great uh, sword fighter 
And a guy, a braggart, came in and said, well, I can beat you. And uh, he said, what sort of fighting style do you have? And he said, uh, fighting without uh, a style of no sword. Hmm. And the guy's like, okay, well, if you're going to fight me without a sword, I'm going to win. So where are we going to do this? And the guy says, okay, well, let's get in this boat and go over to this island. And then we'll fight on this island so no one else will get hurt. And the guy's like, okay. So uh, uh, he, the samurai himself... Uh, uh, paddles them over there. The guy with the sword jumps out of the boat onto land and pulls his sword out ready to fight. And then the samurai just pushes the, the boat off and, and paddles back to shore. Amazing. It's and that's, incredible. that's in the movie too. That's, that's in, exactly you know, it. like a version of that, right? When the yeah. guy gets the, the, that braggart guy gets into the boat and Bruce Lee just sort of sets him out to sea. Yeah. Gives the, gives the tow line to the kids. <laughs> totally. So great. What a great move. And that move has been copied too. Like it, Bruce Lee obviously took that inspiration to uh, be in this movie. But then I, I was thinking about uh, the beginning of Roadhouse. When oh, yeah. Patrick Swayze gets cut up by the guy, and then the guy's like, well, "Let's take this outside." And so Patrick Swayze follows him. The guy goes outside, and he just closes the doors on him. <laughs> There's really something about that. There's something so zen about a person being insulted, and then absolutely, absolutely. just outsmarting the person without having to throw a, uh, throw a punch. Absolutely, and the and the addition of the children and the in the, oh, the dragon is just the further insult. You know, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, and and also the the Zen idea of like uh, uh, people like he was uh, abusing the the kids the the uh, and so then the kids are the ones who decide if the guy is going to continue being towed or not. <laughs> I know. There's I something know. beautifully poetic about that. Yeah, yeah, so good, so good. I was also impressed the the amount of the, or the lack the music is such a big part of this movie, but over the fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so little music, like they really hold out the score until the very last, like set of like the, the denouement of whatever the fight scene is. So you're yeah. just so focused and so inside the fight. You're right. I hadn't thought about that, you know, because of course you notice the fight sounds, you know, the, right. the, and, and of course the sounds that, that Lee's making, you know, are so, yeah iconic and you know i was talking to my wife about this after and mm-hmm. she's like those noises are just so imagine fighting somebody it makes that noise yeah you, you incredible know, so scary and strange you know yeah really cool really distracting and it, it, even more impressive because i at uh, the entire movie is adr so they didn't record any sound while shooting it and had to do it all after well and you know what that drove me nuts. I got to say, <laughs> like we were saying, the package pride comes on pretty hard. And I, yeah. when I am met with an audio issue, I was like, oh, no, what's going on here? Is it my this or this? And yeah, I start, yeah, you yeah. know, trying to check until I'm like, oh, no, it's just it's oh, no, just it's like just this. It's yeah. like this. But for the fight scenes to be able to time like and those sounds too, like each punch sounds like it's so tinny. It sounds like a slap. And there's something so quick about that. And oh, man, it just my favorite were those noises that you're describing, Mm -hmm. followed by the uh, the guy who's been hit falling two feet into water with a blood curdling scream. (laughs) 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 Like he's falling from a tower, you know, into the water that's like a puddle beneath him i love that oh, man it's so fun so fun <laughs> yeah um 
So one of the one of the guys who was a stuntman on this film was Jackie Chan. No way. Yeah, apparently Bruce Lee, um, when he has the scene where he's got the two sticks and he's yeah. hitting people with the sticks, yeah. he accidentally hit Jackie Chan in the face with one take and okay. broke his nose and wow. apologized to him profusely and told him, don't worry, you'll work on every film that I do from here on out. Okay. Um, but uh, died before the movie came out, so wasn't able to fulfill that promise. Wow. That's a great story. That's, yeah. That's really... Well, you know who was another stunt guy was was the Afro guy. I, I yeah. looked him up, too, and he's some stunt man because he, he was bad. I mean, he was yes. like a bad actor, but like an incredible fighter. Oh, you know? man, and was so he I, I looked him up, and he's done like eight things. You know, nothing really happened for the guy. But I, I no. wondered if he was helping with stunts on this thing. He uh, Apparently, he was a last-minute replacement. Uh, oh. They had originally had a, a different actor who had to drop out for whatever reason. And uh, uh, they found this guy who had never done a film before. He wasn't an actor. He wasn't a performer. He was just a fighter. Huh. And they figured because they had John Saxon as the other role, who was a... Which is a conversation we're going to have. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and because he was an actor and uh, less of a fighter, they thought, okay, we'll bring this guy on. He won't be much of an actor, but he'll be able to do the fight stuff. Right. And so they brought him in, and this launched his career. Like, he did a bunch of black exploitation uh, uh, kung fu movies after this. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's Which what he's doing cool. here. He's like yeah. the black exploitation kung fu guy. Absolutely. You know? And a great fighter. Like, I, I, I liked oh, it when man. he would, would shut up and just, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. kick butt, you know? Like, that scene with the cops was great. Like, oh, I was like, this is how you establish a badass man. Like, yeah. beats up police and then takes their car. <laughs> you know? It's like it's grand, grand Theft Auto, this guy. <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah, John Saxon. John Saxon. That was, <laughs> I fell down that K hole hard. <laughs> I paused the movie because he's the guy who's in everything, right? Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. been in everything since I was born. You know, yeah. like he was a regular on Falcon Crest, <laughs> Matlock, Melrose Place, Dynasty, yeah. Fantasy Island. He was the, was the cop in Nightmare on Elm Street, you know? Oh, my God. Yeah. And he died oh. this July. No. Which I just found out too. Yeah. Oh. Old age? Uh yes. Yes. Oh, it okay. wasn't uh COVID wasn't or uh, as far as I, or, or anything else. And, but yeah, here he was with a lot of hair. Ton of hair. Ton yeah. of hair. He's like a discount Jack Nicholson or something, <laughs> you know? He's like a real life Thunderbird figure. Is <laughs> <laughs> what is what John Saxon is. He's kind of got that perfect shiny plasticky face, and he, he looks really like, like all the Star Trek characters in one guy or yeah. something. I don't know what. I love John. That I just that, two like the guy's done everything. It was amazing, and, he, he, yeah. and what a character! What a neat character for, for him to play. Yeah, it was very yeah conniving, and I love that. Uh, I, I read a bit about this that this movie did a lot of heavy lifting to try to uh, uh, portray the. Asian American and the the uh, the black guy as heroes because normally in these yeah. kinds of movies you know you've got white James Bond just like kind of chopping his way through that so to have John Saxon be the one of the trio who is like a gambling addict and mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. the bad guy figures he's the best bet to try to get him on his side 
Yeah. Like, I thought that that was really a cool bullet to take. I did, too. Uh, you're right. And I and I guess that was. But you certainly do see, you know, what you just described throughout the film. And I, I'd also mentioned that the story of his sister, <laughs> who is also an ass kicker, you yeah. know, was, was way ahead of its time. You know, Gosh. she was just, uh, you know, she took out like 40 guys. Yeah, she just laid herself, them out. You know? Yeah. And I, and that's also pretty. That's very progressive for 1970s. Yes. You know, like when very. I was shot, I was not expecting to see that. You know. Yeah, it was very cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was uh, who was your favorite uh, guy? Who was your favorite fighter? I loved I I loved the uh, uh, the like the the fight at the end between Bruce Lee and and. Uh, 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 what's his name? Han. Han, Or yeah. whatever the, I don't know the actor. Uh, those two guys were, were fantastic. But I really did love the fight between John Saxon and, uh, uh, what's his name? The dude from uh, Bloodsport. Was he uh, the, Bolo. Scar, the Scar guy? The guy with the... No, he oh. was the, the big guy at the end where they're oh, like, you yeah. have to fight Lee. And he's like, no, nah, I'm not going to fight him. And then the huge guy comes out. Oh, and you so, can good. so good. So good. And he had a whole career after this movie. Absolutely, the the big the the, the heavy in yeah. these kinds of movies. Yeah, because you don't and get those a lot, you know. No, and I'm sure he did very well for himself because he's he like this huge body and like what a fighter. Yeah, so so good and yeah. imposing, like on like uh, oh yeah. Uh, especially beside Lee and John Saxon. He's, oh, totally. he's humongous. He's a giant. Yeah. Just an obvious threat. When the yeah. camera sees him, you're like, Oh shit, this guy <laughs> is trouble. You know <laughs> <laughs> why? I love that the guy that Han had a collection of hands. I, I like that. That is, and then like, if, as if that wasn't evil enough, he's got mm-hmm. cages of drunks. And <laughs> prostitutes that he's experimenting on. Has there ever been a, a better supervillain? Oh, it's so good. He's just evil. He's everything evil. <laughs> and so we just need to defeat him. It's so good. He's so mean. <laughs> and he slashes them up with those, those, the four steak knives. I was like, I... <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, I feel like I, I get that you're probably a martial arts master, so you've practiced with this thing, but yeah. isn't the likelihood of you killing yourself with that thing just <laughs> as high as killing the other person? It did look dangerous and cumbersome, frankly. <laughs> you know, that's got to weigh it, a few pounds. Yeah, it would not be very sleek. No. The, the, not the most aerodynamic weapon that yeah, has ever been used. Yeah, unlike the hairy thing with the <laughs> hooks on it that he chooses at the end, which, of course, is like the ideal weapon. What? Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and that's the ending of the movie. You know, the last shot of just oh, the hairy hand. <laughs> the end. Like, oh. <laughs> Oh yeah. man. One of the one of the things that really struck me in watching Bruce Lee's performance cuz mm-hmm. this is his movie. Like he he produced it, he uh, get, did uncredited rewrites. And though the there's an obvious push to be like, well, John Saxon's a, a a hero in this movie too, but really and truly it's it's Bruce Lee who's the yeah. center of it. Yeah. And the reason that people would go and watch it. He's talking to the the young man at the beginning before the the title screen comes up. He's getting the the young guy to kick him. Mm. And he says it's got to be full of emotion. 
And the, the kid tries to kick him again. He says, no, 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 it can't be anger. That's not enough. You need to do it full of emotion. And watching him be in the fights and watching him, like you were saying, listening to the other fighters to, yeah. to be able to go back and forth. There's really something fascinating going on that the camera is eating up. And it's not anger. It's not he's not angry. He's but there's something so full of 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 emotion in the way that he's he's just staring at the people. And I thought like that's so fascinating as a as a martial artist but even more so as an actor to be able to look at and go that's yeah, that's really cool. There is something very emotional and and spiritual or something that is going yeah. on with this guy, you know. Uh, and like you said, like the moments after the fight that you'd he'd sort of he'd be still and you'd watch it kind of leave him. You kind of yeah. see him cycle through emotions or kind of return from yeah. a place, mm-hmm. you know, that is very deep or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The guy is, I don't know. Like the guy, the guy, you, like you, you understand instantly in that first scene, you're like, oh, I get why Bruce Lee is an icon. You know, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, he, there's nothing like him. that he he just came in with the and so few movies before he died he was only 32 when he passed away and uh uh he changed the uh he invented an an entire uh subgenre of hollywood like kung fu movies were not huge before him wow wow so the effect that he's had on on movies that have come since is is really is really felt well absolutely you know like i grew up I don't know if I said this in my my disaster of a minute long <laughs> summary of the movie. So but like, perfect. I grew up with like city TV on Saturday afternoons sure. or Sunday afternoons, and and they'd have you know there's billions of American you know quote unquote American kung fu movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and it all comes from this. You know, yeah. it just definitely all comes from this. Absolutely. Um, the. The lifetime gross of this movie, um, when measured against the James Bond movies at the time, uh, was on par. But as time has gone on, it has grossed more than any James Bond movie until 1995's GoldenEye. So there's a lot of people saying that if Bruce Lee had survived, this movie could have been the launching of a... Uh, uh, a parallel um, movie franchise that would have absolutely given James Bond a run for his money. That's cool. And, uh, you know, that would have been amazing. And did they try and do that? They did like a return of the dragon or a, a something yeah, like yeah. that, like uh-huh. a, a sequel in some way. Was it, did you yeah. see that one? No, I've never seen it. Yeah, okay. But yeah. a, a lot of, they were able to do a few more movies just with, uh, uh, unused footage from his other films they were able to cobble together like uh, uh, i think fists of fury is right. like that yeah yeah and then game of death is the one that i think for right. because of my city tv days like they uh-huh. play that almost every week i think <laughs> sure. you know with kareem abdul jabbar yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fights Kareem in that movie. Oh, it's such a good fight too. It's such a good fight. You're like Kareem. <laughs> good for you, you know, yeah. for doing this. You lanky, you know, 
do yeah. compared to, you know. As, and uh, huge, that arm reach to be able to like get inside to actually hit him. <laughs> it is such work, a good man. idea. It's like, let's get a so ball. Amazing. Let's get a basketball player. Who's the best right now? <laughs> Call Kareem, see if he'll do his movie. Let's That's see if he'll right. fight Bruce Lee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They did that again with, uh, with uh, um, was it the third Ip Man movie with Donnie Yen? They had oh, yeah. uh, Mike Tyson fight him. Did they really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, that's a really good fight, too. <laughs> Amazing. Do you have a... So, sorry, you go ahead. You, no, you go ahead. Uh, I was going to ask you... I wanted to ask you one last question about Han. Yeah. Like, at the end, I wrote this... I'd stop taking notes at one point, <laughs> you know? And then I'm like... And then I, I this happened, and I'm like, wait a Why do bad guys always have the ability to see just fine in a hall of mirrors? <laughs> You would think, right? I like, I guess the idea is that it's their place, so they would have... Ugh. No, and how boring no. would this... It doesn't make sense, Daniel. It doesn't make sense. You're I in know. a hall of mirrors. You're both messed up. You know what I would love to see, though, is what? where they actually explain that. Like, they show <laughs> him spend months of his life learning his own Hall of Mirrors. He's like, no, we got to take this one mirror down because it's confusing me every time. We've got to just get in there. I, if I'm going to confuse somebody and then confuse myself, there's no point. We might as well just take out all the mirrors. What's the point? <laughs> well, he knew it. He knew it really well. He knew it really, really well. well. Bruce Lee was obviously lost for a, a bit, and he yeah. was just stealthily moving through there like a wolf with a someone else's hairy hands. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but for how famous this movie is, I'm like they've. I've seen this mirror sequence in so many other stories, totally. and no other heroes think to just break all of the mirrors. I know. He just started like, punching them. Yeah, and it was thematically like it was back to you know strike through the image of the person or whatever. It was you know whatever. Yeah, yeah but yeah. It, it was it was well. I thought it was well done. And I'm like, yeah, just fucking break the mirrors. Who cares <laughs> with your hand? Because you're, oh, you're Bruce yeah, Lee. I guess so. you're, you know, yeah. like what a what a great lead up to like at that. If if you don't doubt, he's gonna beat Han at that point. That's right. You know, the guy's breaking glass every <laughs> yeah. on all sides of him. You know. It's like the sound. If if someone, if I had a hall of mirrors that I was so excited to bring my enemy into because I know it so well, he's gonna be so confused. And then that fucking guy just started like Wah! and breaking all of the mirrors. I'd be like, I am getting out of here. I would man. leave this, as well. I would yeah. just. I would I'm taking my bear claw and I'm getting the fuck out of here. Would he put them in briefcases when he goes traveling? Maybe have special little fitting. Uh, I, oh, I need to check all my bear claws because uh, <laughs> trying to get through security with this one is just no good. There was one that was just a, a really small fist. And I'm like, I want to see him punch something with that. <laughs> I want to see him punch the mirrors with that little He's, iron fist. He, he only punches babies. It's just a small <laughs> fist. Just, it was weirdly small. It was very, very small. <laughs> so it got... It, it's. Currently, this movie has a 94% positive rating on Rotten sure. Tomatoes. When it came out, it was very mixed reviews. Some people loved it. Some people thought, thought it was trash. Hmm. But I think people understand now how significant it was, both culturally and pop culturally. Um, in 2004, uh, it was considered it culturally significant enough by the Library of Congress that it was finally ordered to be preserved in the National Film Registry. Good idea. Ah, yeah. It only took them till 2004 to figure that out. Yeah, yeah. 
but I'm glad that they they have it. And I saw I I rented a, a the a Criterion version Ooh, that they had. What's the and, difference oh, with that one? It's just it's the uh, they scan in the the highest quality film that they can find of the thing. Uh-huh. So it's just a way of preserving it digitally for you know forever. Yeah, so yeah. it's crystal clear. Nice. Like it's. It's amazing to me. I used to, because I grew up with VHSs, yeah. I used to, you know, think that old movies looked a certain way because of the cameras and the films and stuff that they had back then. Right. Not realizing that there's a denigration of the actual VHS film itself. Mm-hmm. So that's normally what you're seeing. So to see the restored versions of some of these old movies from mm. like 1974, it's really, it's really amazing. That's cool. I went the other route and I just got, I didn't even get an HD thing. I just got like oh. normal, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, just to have that kind of crappy quality, to be honest sure. with you. Cause that's what I would have, you know, city TV again. Sure. Uh, you know, yeah. that's what I would have been seeing is that bad version. You know, there's a nostalgia factor to that too. Seeing exactly. scratches on the thing yeah, and you seeing sure. where the reels are going to get changed. And yeah, yeah, oh, that's true. It's true. All right. We're coming up to the end of our second segment, which means it's time for another game. Are you ready? You betcha. Fantastic. This segment is something that we like to call Reefer Madness. Reefer Madness. Or, uh, yeah, it's no, it's, this is just a, a rapid fire round. So gotcha. this is all just opinion questions. Oh, cool. You're, you're gonna be just fine. Okay. Uh, all right. So number one, are you us? I know the answer to this already, but for everybody else, are you a sativa diva, an Indicana Jones, a hybrid or dibrid or omnivore de bomnivore? I am a sativa diva with a proud crown on my head. Nice. Uh, uh, number two, fictional or real person you'd most want to smoke with? Oh, Jesus. Oh, that's really hard. Well, <laughs> you know, you have to go to rock stars, don't you? Or poets or writers or something. Oh, man. Hmm. Who smokes? Yeah, it could be anybody. Jesus. Give me some prep on this, would you? You could you could smoke with Jesus if you wanted. I really don't want to smoke with Jesus, I'll be honest <laughs> I with you. I feel like he would be a bummer. That just doesn't sound like any fun at all. Oh, Dude, wow. when you smoke this, you can walk on water, too. Yeah. <laughs> ah, shit, Jesus, you got me again. I bet he'd have good shit, though. You know? Oh, he would have the best, because he would just <laughs> take, like, some leaves from a tree and then yeah. just wave his hands over it and I be like, this is lost, the best bud. That's a lost verse in the Bible. Is, you know, He does so. the wine thing, and then he does yeah. the, the pot thing. And people are like, is there more wine? He's like, no, but I got this dope bud right over here, bros. Yeah. Hey, you know, I'm, you know, I, I'm thinking rock stars. I'm thinking, you know, childhood. Like, you know, I have to go to yeah. David Bowie for, but you know, he wasn't a oh, big pot means- guy. And then I'm no. like, if I actually smoke with him, I just get weirded out. I, I like, I'd be like, oh my god, I'm high with David. <laughs> Bowie. So I retract that answer. Okay. Oh, but I, fair but enough. I, I'm going to have to think about it, Daniel. I, okay. Can we move on? Can we move yeah, on? Yeah, sure. Here? We'll come. We'll come back to it. We'll pass. Um, favorite, uh, 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 a real or fictional place you'd most want to smoke. Oh, I smoking, smoking on the beach is about as good as it gets. Oh, fuck you know? yeah. I remember when I was younger, I was on a trip to Costa Rica and I was just, you know, trying to learn to surf, really just drowning for a while. But 
Sure. I remember walking down to the beach with a surfboard and a joint in my mouth, and I went right into the water with it in my mouth, and a school of fish flew past me out of the water. And oh. I was like, this is about as, hey, you know what you said earlier? What was the best time? Yeah, that, idyllic. Yeah, yeah. That might be it, man. That was that was super. So on the beach. That does for sound sure. amazing. Yeah. You know, on my honeymoon, my wife and I were in the water playing frisbee. We had a joint in oh. each in our hands, you know, and it's oh. so fun. That's lovely. Yeah. That does sound idyllic. Yeah. God, I wish good. I could go to a beach right now. Oh, don't even. I know. I shouldn't <laughs> yeah. have brought it up. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, favorite uh, uh, or a movie that would be improved if only the characters were smoking cannabis. <laughs> oh, I wish I could have a really clever answer to that one. <laughs> ah, clever's for schmoes. This is way better. If they smoke pot. Yeah. If they were to smoke pot, it would improve the movie. Jesus, you're asking the tough questions today, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, golly, I'm passing that one too. I got to come back. Okay. I got to. We'll back. come back to it. We'll come Famous back to person it. Person movie. Okay, I'm letting I'm letting you down, Daniel. No, not at all. Not at all. We're coming right back to these. <laughs> We're coming right back to them. Um, yeah. how about favorite movie featuring cannabis? Well, you know, the Big Lebowski is pretty, you know, oh, I'm assuming the guy's high, you know. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, that, that's a pretty fun one, right? I mean. I love that fucking movie. Yeah, it's a great. Are you doing that for this podcast? Because you should. I want to. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, right now I've just been doing movie, like movies not movies that feature cannabis yeah i'm thinking about doing like a, a short run yeah. series gotcha. where for patreon only or something where <laughs> we do movies specifically about cannabis so go through like the cheech and chongs yeah and, uh dazed and confused and yeah big lebowski is one of my favorites so that's got to be up there i have a movie that would have been improved if what's they, that terms of endearment <laughs> <laughs> if that family <laughs> had just gotten a little bit high with each other. Absolutely. Things wouldn't have worked out as they did. Jodie Foster would be alive today. <laughs> Spoilers. But like, you know, I was, you know, like I'm trying to think of what's a really uptight movie. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. no, that's a sad movie. That would have, they could have just avoided the whole thing. <laughs> I had somebody uh, the other day say uh, 12 Angry Men. <laughs> And I fucking loved that, loved that answer so much. Just sitting in the back room, passing a joint around. Being like, yeah, yo, dude, I, I've got the same knife right here. I think we should all just acquit him, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> um, so, uh, 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 what is it? Fictional or real person? Was this the first question? This was, uh, yes, yeah, uh, the first one that we passed on. Fictional or real person, Jesus. You know what would be kind of cool, and this is, I'm just looking around my room for inspiration here. Yeah. And I'm looking at my Batman mints that came in my stocking this year. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I could get high with Batman. That, I think that Batman would be, awesome. would be hilarious. I think he would be too. And then he'd go into some dumbass long rant about something. <laughs> <laughs> that he was taking really too seriously, and you could just yeah. listen to him for a bit, and that'd be kind of neat. And then you'd be like, "Show us, show me your gadgets, show me your things. Can we look at your stuff? Can I you? Can I sit in the Batmobile for a second? <laughs> totally, Do you cool. I won't press anything. <laughs> I feel like I feel like 
Adam West Batman would be the best Batman to smoke with because he's probably right. already smoking. You're right. Uh, and he but was I a think, great dude. Oh, fuck. He was so fun. Yeah. He was so much fun. Yeah. I feel like Keaton would be fun to get high with, too. I think he would be, too. He seems yeah. he strikes me as a good fella, a good hearted yeah. fella, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. Don't you think? Yeah, I absolutely. I feel like there's something like really good in him. Not, not Tom Hanks good, but like, you know, no, no, no. I think this uh, guy is like a, a, the genuine article. Yeah, there's something something a bit more mischievous about him than Tom Hanks. Oh, absolutely. But I didn't I mean to, that, you know, compare them directly. I just no, no, no. There's a, there's some kind of heart beating there, which is neat. Yeah, there's like a blue collarness. I think that's that really. It. I really respond. That's what to. it is. You're totally yeah. right, and I think that's what I think that's what the world responds to. Amen. Amen. You know, this is, is Daniel is his Keaton's blue collarness. <laughs> How, How about? There? All right. <laughs> Moving on. Can you make can you make the sound of your favorite consumption method? Oh, the sound of it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, that was all right. Does that work out? That was fantastic. That was <laughs> perfect. That was absolutely perfect. All right. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we are going to be puffing or passing on Enter the Dragon with Matthew McFadden right here on Let's Bogart. And now it's time for a segment called, What Does My Mom Think? Where I ask my mom, Joan Williston, what she thinks about all this shit. What does my mom think? Well, hi, Mom. Hi, Daniel. It's great to see you today. Good to see you, too. <laughs> How is, uh, is it cold in Lethbridge today? Uh, yes, today uh, went down. We had a day of 14 and then 11 yesterday. And today, I think the high is minus seven and oh. snow. Oh, high of minus seven. That's like the lows that we're getting in Toronto right now. Mm. You sure you didn't want to move to the balmy climate of Toronto, Ontario? No, we've been enjoying driving our tandem bike for the last week. That's fair. (laughs) It's Daniel. It's Daniel's show. She's on the show, Dad. Oh, I see a head. Hi, Dad. You can't hear me because of the headphones. Oh, <laughs> I know. Yeah, he's he's oh. he's saying hi. hi. <laughs> How's it going, Dad? How's it going, Dad? Oh, good. Are you doing a recording? recording. Yeah, yeah, we're just recording a show right now. Oh, he's he's disappearing. <laughs> yeah, no, he's walked away. <laughs> he just came home with returns. a lemon meringue pie. Oh well, that's a good husband. Yes, that's a great that's a good husband. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to <laughs> step my game up. <laughs> 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 amazing well the 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 movie that we did this week mom uh was called yeah. enter the dragon have you ever seen that movie no nope. enter the dragon was the uh the big movie for bruce lee to, uh, uh, he oh, blew oh up yes in, okay in america mm-hmm. uh, uh mm. and uh flew overseas and did really well started the whole kung fu like american mm. uh, uh obsession with kung fu movies so that's pretty right. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was released in 1973. And do you know that there was another movie that was released in 1973? There was. I'm sure there were several. There was maybe even a couple. Yeah. <laughs> and in 1973, the movie The Exorcist was released. Oh, okay. have you ever seen The, the Exorcist? Exorcist? Uh, no, I don't think I've seen it. No. No. Have you ever Just had any? About- int- uh, what have you heard about The Exorcist? Oh, uh, 
that it's like a creepy horror yeah possession yeah. kind of thing and that's why i wasn't interested yeah the power of christ didn't compel you to go to see that movie in the theaters uh no <laughs> <laughs> all right well we're gonna play a little bit of a game with these two movies because they were both released in 1973 we're gonna play a little game called is it enter the dragon or the exorcist that's where i read to you stuff that is inappropriate in the mpaa parents guide uh happenings uh that either happened in enter the dragon Enter the Dragon or The Exorcist. And you're going to have okay. to decide which one. And if you win, you uh, get a, a prize. <laughs> and you're going to think about what that prize I'm is. I'm going to figure it out by the time I get there. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. going to be excellent. <laughs> okay. All right. You ready to go? Yep. All right. Number one. A woman stands on a man's bare back as she massages him with her feet. The woman is at least topless under the loose robe. After a few seconds, the man flips over suddenly and the woman drops down to straddle him and her bare breasts are shown. Is that Enter the Dragon or The Exorcist? Oh, no idea. Uh, okay, what'll I guess? Uh, the Exorcist. No, it's Enter the Dragon. Oh, okay. One wrong. That's okay. We'll go on to oh, number yeah. two. Some of the deaths are quite brutal and bloody. Is that Enter the Dragon or The Exorcist? The Exorcist. No, it's not. It's Enter the Dragon. Oh, wow. Okay. Over for two. Going for the third one. A young girl slaps her mother, sending her across the room. Her mother lands on her back and cries out in pain. Is that Enter the Dragon or The Exorcist? The Exorcist. It is The Exorcist. <laughs> yeah. Gotta get one right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Number four. Han mercilessly beats Williams to death. Later, we see his body hanging when Han has Roper seeing this. It's startling. Is that Enter the Dragon or Exorcist? Enter the Dragon? It is Enter the Dragon. <laughs> two and O. Oh, two and O. Oh. All right. Number five. A man beats up a young girl. He throws her to the ground, mounts her, and delivers blows to her face. Is that Enter the Dragon or The Exorcist? The Exorcist? Uh, no, it isn't. It's Enter the Dragon. Okay. Uh, oh, what a brutal movie. Yeah, they're both pretty brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Just you wait. Because uh, the next one is a possessed girl is shown violently thrusting a crucifix into her vaginal area. Blood shown all over the bottom part of her gown. <laughs> is that Enter the Dragon or is it The Exorcist? The Exorcist. <laughs> That's right. The Exorcist. You win, Mom. <laughs> Now I know why I didn't watch them. Yeah, go figure. <laughs> you know what you win today? What? You win not ever having to see The Exorcist. Okay, good. I'm going to give that little <laughs> gift to you. Okay. Is that a good gift? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And today on the episode, uh, my friend Matthew McFadzian was on the show to talk about Enter the Dragon. He's a writer for uh, television and theater. He's an actor. Uh, he's a really nice guy. Great to have a conversation with. We had an awesome conversation about Enter the Dragon. And we're about to come back and find out if we puff or pass once this segment is over. However, if Matthew McFadzian were in church with you... And he were to uh, reach over. It's the uh, uh, the sign of peace. Everyone's turning around, shaking each other's hands, giving each other hugs. And he offers you a lit joint in church and says, peace of Christ be with you and offers it over to you. What do you say to Matthew? 
<laughs> he offers me a lecture. Uh, you should probably go outside this building to enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> and if he said, "Oh, oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I didn't I didn't realize. I'll just I'll just go out there and smoke, shall I?" What what would you say? Good idea. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Can you thank all my listeners for tuning in today? Oh, thank you for tuning in to this show and we'll see you next week. Amazing. Thanks for being on the show, Bob. You're amazing. Oh, thank you. Bye. Do you enjoy this? <laughs> Well, it's it's uh, it seems uh, like I don't know how to say it differently. Should I be saying something different every no. time I no, 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 go no. to say goodbye, say thanks, or say um, no? No, it's, I think I, I feel think like I. Uh, no, yeah, you yeah, go ahead. It's just whatever comes <laughs> to my head. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, uh, do you uh, enjoy doing these these recordings, like oh, playing yeah. the games and stuff? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just. Uh, uh, yeah. Sure. Why not? Why not? Yeah. I mean, if that's uh, part of how you're doing your show, then uh, I'll just go along. Go with the flow. <laughs> I love it. Go with the flow for the show. Go with the flow for the show, Joan Foe. Lee. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> I love you, Mom. I love you too, Daniel. <laughs> All right, so Matthew, here Daniel. we are at the final segment of the show. I'm sad it's so almost much over. Fun. Yeah, this is I know, a, a really good time. Yeah, I've had a blast too, man. We haven't even talked. Can I say my favorite line from the movie? Yeah, absolutely. A woman like that could teach you a whole lot about yourself. <laughs> that was just. I stood up. <laughs> I stood up. <laughs> I was like, yeah. that's, and he sold it. That was Saxon, and he sold it. And yeah. I'm like, can he you really imagine getting those sides, Daniel? And you're like, I have oh. to say what? And then the guy I'd just like, took well, it home. What exactly am I saying? <laughs> what is it? What is it that I? What is it that I mean by this? Well, Saxon answered that question. Oh, God, did he ever? And he meant oh. sex, Daniel. He meant dripping s- with subtext. Just <laughs> sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, there was something I, I realized. My favorite thing that I learned about this movie, I didn't even even say. Yeah. Apparently, while they were filming, Bruce Lee was using cannabis all the time. Oh, no way. So he had a jar of brownies that while they were in between setups and he wasn't fighting extras or people who came to fight him from, from outside of the set, he would just be munching on these weed brownies. And then action, and he would jump in and do all these fucking fight scenes. Well, that makes a lot of sense of a lot of things. Doesn't it? Yeah, like his focus, his his you know his emotion, his connection. Mm. You know, it's yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I love that. I loved that so much. I was like, ah, the most perfect movie to have done on this show. Oh, I know for real, absolutely. (laughs) So, uh, Matthew, do you puff or pass on this movie? Oh, I puff. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's Big a old puff, perfect eh? puff of a movie. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean. It is. It's so exciting and so uh, amazing. The history of it and the uh, uh, the Bruce Lee-ness of it. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I, everything about it. I loved, um, yeah, I loved everything. I, I came to Bruce Lee first through, uh, there was a 90s film that was called Dragon of Bruce Lee Story. Mm-hmm. 
Did you ever see that? No, I didn't see it, but I re- I recall the title for sure. Yeah, it was it was uh, based on the biography that the director of this movie wrote about Bruce Lee. Okay, Krauss and him were were uh, I guess good friends, and he he knew enough about him to to write the biography. So that's pretty cool. Neat. Yeah, I loved I and yeah, so get, being able to see sort of his life and where he came from and where what he was trying to accomplish and what he was able to accomplish in his very short uh, uh, time on this earth yeah uh is really cool but just being inside the movie like the music and the spiness and the black exploitation and the fighting and the yeah seriousness with which everyone is taking the material it's just it's really intoxicating it really There's a is. reason that it's the 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 juggernaut that it is in kung fu world totally and you know like i I immediately was like why i'm gonna see all of these now yeah i've got to i've got to do a little bruce lee you know film festival on my own you know yeah and check more of them out because uh he's just so much fun to watch so much fun you know oh so exciting yeah what an actor what a what a performer yeah so good yeah the whole cast really was so entertaining Mm -hmm. loved it all right, so if somebody's smoking Peggy's Pride, they're watching Enter the Dragon, and it finishes, but they're like, oh, I'm still a little little buzzed. I want to continue watching. I'm going to make this a double feature night. What do you think they should watch as the second movie? Uh, you know what? I mean, there's lots of, I think there'd be lots of choices, but I would go hard on Kill Bill. Oh, fuck yeah. You know, like it's yeah. got, it's, it's so, it, I mean, the costume design is just lifted, you know, yeah. uh, for, for Uma, but then yeah. there's, then there's stuff like, you know, there's, the, <laughs> there's that great scene in Enter the Dragon where, uh, he's fighting all the people and suddenly all the people fight all the people. You, you know, it's just a yeah. just chaos of fighting, and you're like, oh, that's like that scene in, in Kill Bill with the <laughs> girls in that room in the house, and everybody's, you know, just shit goes nuts all of a sudden, you know, and everybody's <laughs> fighting. Um, yeah. Anyways, yeah, I'd go Kill Bill or something. What do you think? Yeah, I well, I, I was gonna go. Uh, I, I love that answer because that's uh, uh, the culmination, like going back to. That's the thing. Not my favorite movie, but like, but you know, really in the style of totally. My, I, I'm gonna say my my favorite uh, modern fight movie uh, is the Raid Redemption, what? and seeing. Oh, have you not seen this movie? No, it's fantastic matthew it's gonna blow your mind it's an indonesian film it was the first big film by gareth evans who then went on to direct uh the godzilla movie not the recent one that came out but the one that sort of started the reboot uh, uh, section of it yeah that one wasn't bad no uh and he also did uh rogue one really yeah so this this is where he started and it's it's a star making uh uh it's a star-making thing for the 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 fight team in yeah. it because the main guy and the the two guys who play the the bad dudes are like a fight team that are now huge in Hollywood. If you need like really brutal, really fast, really exciting fight sequences done, yeah, these are the guys you go to. Neat. Uh, I'm gonna watch that for sure. That's, that's yeah, that's Raid a, Redemption. A great I, I recommendation. Think it's, 
it's it's really fantastic. That uh, stillness that we talked about with Bruce Lee yeah. is not seen at all in this movie. <laughs> There's not one moment of stillness, but it's it's really exciting and operatic. The whole thing is a uh, uh, an FBI like a uh, 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 whatever. Uh, an authority uh, department has to come into a drug. Uh, there's a high rise uh, with a drug lord who runs the entire high rise uh, who sits at the top of the building. So these cops need to come in and just make their way through the building, fighting all kinds of residents who are there to kill them huh. to make it up to the thing. So it's it's a fantastic film. Can't wait. Raid Redemption. Gonna you should do check it, it out. Going to do it. Amazing. Yep, for sure. Awesome. All right, Matthew, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Where can people find you and what should they be uh, looking out for? <laughs> you should be looking out for uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. a redheaded man who's in his house in Hamilton, <laughs> not doing a whole lot of anything. Actually, you know, we've got a, a group here called Industry. We're a, a, a theater uh-huh. company um, that is trying to uh, get a, a building made here so that Hamilton oh. has a big old theater. So that's something we're we're working on here but uh that's exciting tv there's not much going on right now daniel i gotta say it's been a weird year it's been a hard year um yeah you know but uh but you know writing a script i've got a script um uh, a couple scripts that i'm going to start pitching in the new year very excited about that one's a ghost story and one's a here's one the other one's a horror story called chicken (laughs) <laughs> I love it. So keep an eye out for one of those, maybe. That's very exciting. I'm definitely going to keep an eye out. All right, man. Well, thank you so much. Oh, and uh, uh, can they find you online? Are you on Twitter or, or Instagram? Or yeah, anything? yeah. At, at McFado, I think. Uh, okay. Or my name, at Matthew McFadden. I'm on Instagram. Like that. Yeah, for sure. Fantastic. Awesome, awesome man. It's well, been a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for being here. This was absolutely a blast. Right on. Well, buds, that's the episode. Thanks again for tuning in so much. Uh, A huge thank you to Matthew McFadzian, my friend, for coming on the show. I had such a wonderful time talking with you. If you had a a fun time listening to him, you could follow him on Twitter at MacFado, M-A-C-F-A-D-D-O, or at Matthew McFadzian on Instagram. Uh, You cannot follow my mom anywhere because she is not online. But you can follow my friend J.J. Thompson, who produced the theme song and all the musical stings in the show, uh, at J.J. and his dog on Instagram. And he's got a bunch of great musical projects going on, so uh, go over there and check out what he's been getting up to. He also has a really cool uh, 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 company that he started called Unmanned where uh, he and his buds have been doing some, like, uh, they've got a, 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 what do you call it, a fucking uh, drone, a drone camera, and they're doing all these, like, crane shots that look awesome. So go check that out, too. Uh, (laughs) Damn. I don't remember what the... what the unmanned thing i'm gonna look it up what do I, I can look it up right here i can cut all this shit out i'm the one editing this fucking shit i can edit whatever i want or i can keep you on here is this fun for you probably not it's unmanned av so at unman m-a-n-n-e-d-a-v unmanned av it's very very cool stuff uh, so check that out and check out the podcast on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Let's Bogart. Please like, subscribe, rate, and review. 
uh, on any of the podcatchers that you're using. Um, every little bit helps. Every uh, every review helps us get the word out there. Um, every like helps our ratings and uh, gets us on charts so that we can be discovered by people like you who might enjoy the show. And I really want to get the show out to as many people as possible because I really like doing it. So if uh, enough people like me doing it, maybe I can keep doing it. That'd be cool, hey? Uh, Bud, thank you so much for tuning in. I really, I really enjoy getting to talk to you. Um, I know it's a one-sided conversation, but hey, you can always reach out at Let's Bogart on Twitter and Instagram and throw a comment my way. Let me know if there's a strain that you want to talk about or a, a strain that you want me to talk about or a, uh, a, a movie that you want me to review or um, maybe you just have a movie that you're going to watch tonight and you need a recommendation. Maybe if I have some time, I'll throw that up uh, uh, on, on Twitter or Instagram. Maybe we can get some um, other ideas from other people people too it'd be fun oh this is a nice little community right i like this i like you i like this show i hope you do too so why don't you tune in next week when we bogart once more there is something very emotional and and spiritual or something that is going on with this guy you know and like you said, like the moments after the fight that you'd, you'd sort of be still and you'd watch it kind of leave him, you kind of yeah. see him cycle through emotions or kind of return to yeah. a place, you know, that is very deep or something. I don't know. The guy is, I don't know. Like the guy, the guy, you, like you, you understand instantly in that first scene, you're like, oh, I get why Bruce Lee is an icon. You know? I get it. Yeah. I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, he, there's nothing like him. 